Hello and welcome to Explio Explores. This series zooms in on the nine success factors for mastering business transformation. These were identified through data gathered from over 1,000 senior decision makers in Explio's annual Business Transformation Index report. Welcome to episode one. Each episode, we'll invite an esteemed guest on to talk about each success factor. Today's success factor is all about embracing a digital first mindset and what we want to get to the bottom of. Why is it important? What are the barriers to embracing this within a culture and how can you master it as a success factor? We hope you enjoy today's discussion. I'm joined today by Mary O'Connor. She is the Chief Information Officer at ESB. ESB has been Ireland's foremost energy company since it was established in 1927 and operates right across the electricity market. So that's from generation through transmission and distribution all the way to supply. And as CIO, Mary is responsible for driving digital transformation for the organization, as well as overseeing cybersecurity and risk management, IT strategy and enterprise architecture. She's also a champion of driving business transformation through the application of data and technology and digital ways of working, which fits right into our topic today, all about embracing a digital first mindset. So, Mary, you're very welcome to the podcast today. Um, so we'll dive straight in because this is such an interesting topic and one that most most organizations really struggle to master. So can you tell us, do you remember a time when you identified how important a digital first mindset was? Yes, I'd say it was a couple of years ago when we were setting out on our digital transformation journey. And I suppose in looking back on it, we were quite focused on on tech and data. But we soon realized that culture and ways of working were a massive part of this. And we weren't going to be successful without paying very significant attention to those aspects as well. And it was a realization that it was different to, let's say, the change management of a project. It was more about shifting to a completely different way of working and a different different mindset. And I suppose you could look look on it in some ways as modernizing our way of working and modernizing how how teams work and, and uh, develop stuff together. Can you talk to us a little bit more about that change then in practice? Because you're saying it's not easy. And I think a lot of people listening would agree, you know, in practice, I suppose. How do you how do you make that change a success? Well, first and foremost, you have to put data very early um, in the whole thing and consider what data you have, what insights you can glean from that data, uh, what you should prioritise based on those insights, what you need to focus on. And sometimes it can be a very simple story that tells us. But um, let's say a, a vendor colleague or a partner colleague told me a great story that I think shows it very well. And they were working with a client uh, in the Far East and they were designing solutions and apps and stuff for a shopping mall. And their whole focus was apps to find your shop or apps to find your merchandise or whatever. And there was a strong focus on rolling out apps to improve the shopper experience whilst in the shopping centre. But when they took a data driven approach to it and really looked at the data that they had about uh, customer satisfaction and customer pain points, what they realised was that the most difficult pain point and the greatest frustration for customers was not in the mall at all. It was when they were leaving the shopping centre. 
And it was the traffic flow out of the shopping centre that caused real frustration and actually caused customers not to return to that shopping centre. And they could have invested lots of money and time and resources into building fabulous apps when what they needed to do was change the traffic flow and maybe put a bit of digital and tech around the customer experience in the traffic flow space. And that's really, it resonated with me in terms of how data and insights can cause you to focus on something unexpected or different that can cause a significant improvement for the customer or the employee. So that was a a lovely example and one that we would have used to explain why this um, focus on experience is very necessary. And that focus on, on data along with that. Brilliant. Yeah, that's an excellent example. And it's it's great to be able to explain it tangibly, I think, for people as well, even within an organization so that they can understand why the data is so central to the strategy. Um, because sometimes people can't make sense of, of that, I, I'd assume. So coming back to the idea of, you know, a culture embracing a digital first mindset, it's a it's a big and bold statement, I suppose, to to imagine a, an an organization where it's embraced kind of throughout the company. And um, why do you think that's important? I think it's important because it's it's impossible to succeed in this without an awful uh, a huge part of if not all the organization being part of it and working in a different way and collaborating in a different way um and having a very open mindset and uh not considering failure as uh you know as a hugely negative thing but to consider it as a learning experience and that is a very you know, it's a very big shift for large organizations like ESB and other like organizations. Um, and I suppose it can only be OK if everybody's OK with it. Um, so it's nearly it's nearly a shift in mindset for everybody. And it's it's necessary, I think, to to drive out the benefits and, and the business outcomes from the investments. You know, at the end of the day, value has to be returned and, you know, costs controlled and as I say, business outcomes delivered. So it requires everybody nearly thinking and and acting in a different way. So I'm going to move on to um, the famous barriers to this success factor. So if we look at the business transformation index, so 79% of respondents conceded that without digital transformation, their organizations just won't exist in five years time. It's just not going to happen. Um, However, one third of them did admit to struggling with the culture and change management that's required to nurture a culture of um, with the digital first mindset. So I suppose, can you talk us through the types of challenges that a company would have? And I know your experience is from quite a large company in this instance, but the types of challenges that companies would have when it comes to creating that culture that's digital first. Um, well, for organizations like ours, you know, work in the utility sector, but I'm sure this is true of other sectors as well. We've been traditionally expected to have a very asset focused mindset to uh, all about reliability, availability um operational risk and a really rock solid engineering focus. So it is a significant change to, you know, to expect people to move to a, a very different way of working putting a strong focus on data and agile ways of working and iterative as opposed to big projects and all of that. So there are significant change management expectations, I suppose, and supporting your people in in, in moving through that is, is important. I think one of the biggest, let's say, things to get over is to move from a project mindset to a product mindset. 
Um, and again, in large organizations, you, 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 we've become very accustomed to having large projects, large IT projects and um, that go through a design and a build and a test. Uh, which and in some cases are are more or less handed over to IT to deliver and then handed back to the business. Um, and moving from that to a product mindset where it's a business person that is the product owner, a business person deciding on which features will give us value here, which features will will give us good business outcomes, where the team that are working on it are a hybrid team of business people and digital people. It, it is, again, a different way of working and making that shift from project to product is, is a big thing here. Um, also working in an iterative way and not expecting perfection, getting more comfortable with minimal, minimal viable products and then iterating and adding to that and making it better and better as you go on. So not expecting absolute perfection from the get go uh, instead delivering something that will give the, you know, will give the minimal value to the business and then building on that. So all those things are, are part of this um, and do involve change for people. Um, they also involve significant capability shifts um, and brand new skills and even brand new roles, uh, like the role of product owner is, is a very key role in all of this. And that's a new role for, for lots of businesses. Yeah. Um, also skills like UX and CX and EX and PX and all these uh, experience focused <laughs> skills. Those are all new. And then, of course, data and various roles involved in data, be it engineering or data science or AI or whatever, uh, all new capabilities and skills to be built up. Um, and that whole space, again, a huge challenge and a huge barrier for organizations at the moment because it's just so difficult to get talent and uh, attract and retain talent. It really is. And actually, one of our success factors, not to give it away down the line, is around that sharp focus on digital skills and training to mm -hmm. fill the kind of gaps like that that you were just describing. I'm really interested in the point that you said about moving from project to product, because a lot of our traditional ways of rewarding and commending staff um, evolves around these th these aspects of, uh, you know, timelines. So, you know, completion dates and um, go lives and releases and that sort of a thing. How do you sell um, the idea of moving from a project project to product um, strategy to the business? Yes, I suppose there's a few things there. I think back to the point you made about how we reward people first and I think it's 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 very different to keep a team motivated and invigorated and energized around products and constant and keeping at it as opposed to a project with a fixed timeline and uh, does a big go live and everybody celebrates. So I think organizations really have to think about how they celebrate wins here. And we're not good at this, you know, we're, and we're only beginning to realize the criticality and importance of celebrating the small wins as you as you as you go along the journey. And we've had a number of external awards recently, which is a neat way of, you know, getting external acknowledgement and celebrating those. But you need, you know, you need to recognize and identify. You actually need to plan and identify what you can celebrate, if only to keep people motivated and energized. Um, so, so that's one thing. In terms of the business, what we're seeing more and more recently is that the business are delighted when we when we when we develop or deliver something that's small, but 
gives value and results in a business outcome, no matter how small. And then we build on it and iterate and add more to it. I want to pick up on something you mentioned about um, the energized employees, I suppose, that these are the people who are moving from the traditional ways of work and into the new um, ways of work and where we need to look at new ways to celebrate them. From the research that we did, what we saw emerge was clear signs of what what they term the disengaged middle management. Um, now, most of our respondents were above middle management, so we couldn't actually pull any pure um, results that we could report on in the report, like, you know, kind of with um, confidence. But there was definitely something there around this idea of the disengaged middle. Um, do you think that that's something that exists or um, something that could perhaps hamper the um the movement towards a digital first mindset? Well, I wouldn't necessarily describe it as disengaged, but I think something has struck me recently about, let's say, people who are, who are very good at what they do and they're on top of their game. And now we're asking them to shift a completely different way of working, but they've built up an expertise. They're very good at it. And sometimes they can maybe um, unconsciously maybe not engage fully uh, with with these new ways of, of working or the, the people who are maybe showing the new ways of working. Um, so I think there's something there in getting people, you know, helping them, supporting them through that shift. You know, it might be from project management to product management mm. and helping them get really, really good at product management and then you know, for their career to take off in that sense. So they may feel there may be a feeling that maybe some of the skills that they have built up and that they've become expert at are maybe no longer required. Now, we'll always need projects and there'll always be underlying enablers that will need to be implemented using a more traditional um, and tested and tried project management methodology. But yes, I think supporting uh, established people in shifting to new ways of working are part of this as well and giving them the skills and the confidence to do it and not thinking that they're, you know, that their skills are no longer required or aren't as relevant. I think they are very relevant. I think it's, um, you know, strong, strong, let's say core IT skills, I feel, can be um, built upon and expanded and developed into more digital skills. And that they've got it's a very strong foundation on which to build newer digital skills. And it also means that you're taking your internal expert people and you're giving them more options and more possibilities in terms of career and skills and and so on, you know, um, as well as relying on partners um, to bring in new skills. But really growing your own and developing your own is um is is I think is 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 a, an important thing here too. Yeah, absolutely, and I suppose it's a sense that they feel like they're being invested in as well, isn't it? And not kind of left behind, and that's exactly what that would instill in someone. Mm -hmm. So, if we bring it to ESB, then how would you describe ESB on you know the journey to having a culture that is digital first? <laughs> Look, it's it's a journey, you know. I suppose our organization is, is like founded in 1927. Our methods and mindsets are definitely um, what, what has been expected of us since our foundation is 
very strong asset focus, all that reliability, availability, operation, risk management. Uh, and and we're now trying to shift to agility, innovation, agile ways of doing things, data focus, experience focus and all of this. So, look, we're, we're on that journey and um, something's going very well. Probably things not going as quickly as I would like overall. <laughs> but how do you create that wave across the organization? And something that's kind of, let's say, resonated with me recently was, you nearly need to change from a communications for awareness and training perspective to communications from a marketing perspective. And like, how do you market the benefits of this for um, people yes. internally and employees as well as customers and whatever else? So the whole communications side of it is very important here and another critical success factor. That absolutely resonates. And it actually, I think we'll touch on that as well in one of the later success factors, because I think that's a huge part of why, you know, sometimes underutilization is a problem or a lack of buy-in just internally as well. Um, and it's quite simple, but it's often let it left out of those strategies from, from what we can see in the data as well. I think the question that I've been asked most often in this space is what is digital and people craving a very clear and concrete definition of digital. And that can kind of put a stop to your gallop in that you can be, you know, positioned to give a very positive update about loads of progress. And then somebody says, but what is digital? And it can bring you right back to, you know, day zero again. Um, and I see the same thing with ESG at the moment, whereby people are going, people are saying, we need a clear definition of ESG. It's like you can't pass a go until you have a clear definition of something. When, I think as leaders, maybe it would it would be helpful to embrace that adaptive leadership approach of saying, you know, we don't really know what this entails. We don't really know what it, what we have to do here yet. We know we have to work differently. We know we have to put the customer at the center of everything. We have to put the employee at the center of everything. We have to get insights from data and prioritize based on that and uh, make our decisions based on that, etc. But after that, we really don't know the detail of how this will, how we'll achieve all this and then embrace it wholeheartedly and go for it, you know, whereas waiting for an absolute, very clear definition of everything uh, can, I think, cause it, it can it, it can hamper pace. And do you struggle with that, like, you know, with management kind of change into that adaptive leadership style? Is that do you think that that's going to be a struggle for businesses? Um. I think so, but I think it's all part of it. And I think it's the, the difference of having a constrained way of thinking, an unconstrained way of thinking. And I think people are under great demands and those demands are growing the whole time. You know, there's just so much now in terms of workload and uh, you know, hybrid working, recovering from COVID, getting everybody into, you know, established in hybrid working and all that. There's lots of things coming at people. And they naturally think in a constrained way that we can't do that because, you know, mm-hmm. we can't do that because we'll never get it approved or we can't do that. It might cause an, a, an IR issue. We can't do that because the shareholder won't agree or we can't do that because whatever. Whereas trying to encourage people to think of a future in an unconstrained way, what would that future look like? How could you really knock it out of the park in terms of customer experience and so on? Um, or how can we really drive decarbonisation 
and our net zero agenda. What does that look like? How, how do we get there? And then work back from that. Whereas I think because of the pressures that people are under, they're inclined to think, oh, I can't get that far because that might happen or there is that risk or there is that issue. Whereas if you can picture that future in an unconstrained way and then work back from that in terms of how you're going to get there and then deal with your implementation challenges along the way. Mm. So supporting our managers in thinking that way is something here as well. And have you seen success in that in your role in ESB, even on a small scale, say if you're not there on on the large scale yet? Have you seen just how successful that can can be? Yes, we have some lovely examples. And I suppose that's uh, that's something else here as well is those little examples. And I say little in that, again, in terms of mindsets, we're all used to a small number of big things and, you know, a small number of big projects and get those big hairy projects over the line and we'll be okay. Whereas now really it's, it's more like a, a, a huge number of small things mm. and, you know, all those small things making people's lives um, easier and more straightforward and, and propelling us towards a net zero. Um, but having those lovely examples of those small things to show, be it a, a, a lovely um, analytics dashboard or um, a really cool data visualization tool or a lovely piece of, of AI with a lovely example in ESB networks and smart metering. So clocking up your 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 um, your examples to show people and encourage people is good. And, and I suppose making it easier for them as well, you know, to, to showcase their own achievements. That always helps for um, for them as well. And the it's art really, of the possible, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think you're in a really interesting sector to be talking about the embracing a digital first mindset, because in the energy and utility sector, we're seeing innovation and agile transformation at a pace that I think it was unforeseen, you know, um, we can see big oil companies, you know, on huge transformations to renewable energies. And, and like yourselves at ESB, I know you have a commitment to net zero by 2040. Do you think that having that um, type of ambition drives a digital first mindset within your culture? Having that like joined up vision? Yeah, it's in, it's absolutely necessary to have that, you know, that clear purpose and to have everyone bought into that clear purpose. And ours is to create a brighter future for our customers and the communities we serve. And we have our strategy to get there. That's our, our, our strategy to be net zero by 2040. And it's based on scientific targets. So having everybody, everybody lined up behind that and bought into it is definitely necessary. Um, and be, to be able to, for everyone to be able to see their role in that context. And agreeing OKRs or goals with people that are absolutely and clearly linked to that purpose and that strategy, you know, that's imperative. Mm. Um, and the, the beauty of it from a tech and data perspective is that none of those, none of it will be possible without data and tech being right at the center of it. Like never before, I think data and technology and, you know, careers and roles in that space are pivotal to net zero and pivotal to decarbonisation. It's a great, it's a really exciting time to be working in data and tech and also to be in the utility sector. It is a really exciting time and we're at Explio, we're very proud to play a part in it as well in, in any small way. I think this topic is an interesting one because it's the one success factor that everyone seems to agree with, but everyone seems to see as like the 
biggest challenge for a business, you know, to have a whole culture that embraces a digital first mindset. Is that the reality or is it actually quite simple to do? Like what type of investment, I suppose, the question is from from the business point of view, does it take to actually garner that culture? And I don't know if it's any if the investment is any greater or different than, let's say, traditional investments. And I think the reason I say that is if you consider the change management efforts that would be in a big, let's say, big IT project from 10 years ago, be significant change management effort and resources and impact assessments and all of that business and then communications around those impact assessments. Whereas now everything is designed around experience or as much as possible, you're designing everything around experience. So your change management should actually become more straightforward because you're giving people solutions that remove the pain points and make their experience better. Whereas before, and this is only a short time ago, I I feel solutions were mainly designed around internal processes and internal ways of doing things and pushing paper around the place. Whereas now what we're trying to do is we're trying to design all these solutions mainly around the experience and what the data is telling us about those experience experiences. So when the person goes to use that solution, be it an employee or, or customer, it should be far more intuitive. It should be far easier it should be far nicer. It should be it should make their lives easier and better and, and allow them manage their electricity in a better way. Um, and so on, you know. So um, strangely enough, maybe I'm naive in this, but if done right, the change management should be more straightforward and easier and you should get bigger bang for your buck in terms of your investment because the whole thing is designed around experience. The other side of experience and there's loads of facets in this here now, <laughs> is if you're if you're if you're delivering in an iterative way and if you go to a minimal viable product and you have to be ready to call it and not invest and not go further if you're not going to get the value or the business outcome. Um, but if you if you do, if you develop and invest further on an iterative basis, you actually have more control over what you're investing. And it's not like you're investing millions in a huge big project that you're going to see light of day in two years time, by which time requirements have changed anyway. Instead, you're going to constantly iterate and get features. And so you can see your return on your investment in a more gradual way as you go. Now, another facet there is the whole um, financial processes and funding around this is very different. Again, we're all used to going for big business cases and writing your business case and getting it approved. And then you have your funding, whereas now we're we're talking about funding a, a hybrid team that will make the decisions about what features and what's next. So you're you're probably funding a team for a period to deliver value, more, more so than delivering or funding a, a particular project with a fixed scope and timeline. Um, so the whole financial processes are something that's important here and bringing finance with you and the finance culture is very, it's very uh, another critical success factor. And then, because of the move to cloud and this also means a shift from capex to opex so you're going to have more of your investment is going to be opex um than before again that can be difficult um particularly for regulated entities and so on so managing that in the best mm. possible ways is is a factor too 
Okay. And how would you manage that? Would that be like kind of dealt with differently, I suppose, from company to company? I think yes. And and having finance part of the part of it from the get go is important. Um, something I probably wouldn't have seen early enough, but we're very much in cahoots with our finance partners now in <laughs> in um trying to define the best way possible in terms of funding funding these investments and getting the value and the return. I suppose a Totex approach is 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 a way to go and I know that lots of organizations and, and regulatory authorities in the UK have moved to a Totex approach. So that's a possibility in the future. I'm really interested in um, this idea you keep coming back to around centering, you know, everything you do around experience and the customer. And because my marketing or my background is in marketing, um, I'm very familiar with this because, you know, we're completely customer oriented or at least we, we strive to be, you know, in everything that we do. And there's an idea that Jeff Bezos, head of Amazon, um, he took that marketing mindset and applied it to the business you know, this idea that everyone um, centers what they do around the customer. And I don't know if you've ever heard of his um, empty chair, but this mm-hmm. was when he, yeah, whenever he had a meeting, he'd bring in an empty chair and that would be, that would be the customer. Um, and the whole idea was uh, the whole business was shaped around the customer and, and they contacted the customer all the time. Even for an organization, say, like yours in the energy and utility sector, quite old in terms of how long it's around. Is that the kind of shift that you see helping to transform your business? Yes, a customer customer focus is definitely one of the principles as such as of our of our digital program and absolutely designing things around the customer involving the customer as in the customer out in the street at as early a point as possible getting getting their feedback getting insights into their pain points um and so on that's a very huge part of it not only the customer because it's also the employee if you consider the number of employees we have out in the field and their experience in in doing doing their jobs in the best possible way to deliver for the customer um and enabling them to do that, enabling them to perform as effectively as possible. So designing solutions around their working day and um, what would enable them, you know, knock it out of the park on behalf mm-hmm. of the customer is important. So it's employee experience and customer experience. Yeah, there's a really common theme I think coming from our discussion today and that's around the idea of purpose and linking a sense of purpose to people's um, jobs you know I mean you've the wider purpose of working towards a net zero but even in those small iterative programs uh, or iterations within a program that idea of linking a purpose whether it's for an employee or whether it's for a customer seems to be um a real key from your experience in in um kind of unlocking this digital first culture would you agree with that yeah no i don't think for a minute that we're already there that we've reached mm-hmm. our destination it's hard yards but but yes linking linking purpose be it our net zero and our brighter future purpose and net zero strategy or the employee the customer experience and making the customer experience better is very clear purpose and and having principles having a small set of principles to guide all that is very important and having those principles agreed at a senior level and then saying to teams just go you go and 
you you decide and you you know empowering those teams to just deliver based on those principles great well um before we let you go mary we like to finish off every episode of the podcast with a top tips section so just a brief pulling together of a lot of the um information and nuggets of wisdom that you've imparted for us today um so in relation to this success factor embracing a digital first mindset what would be your top tech top tips for somebody listening to this podcast that they could take and embed into their way of work and say from tomorrow onwards? Um, I'd say collaboration to have a highly collaborative way of working. Ignore silos um, work, work, work with your colleagues, work across team boundaries or functional and all of that. So a highly collaborative way of working Um Put the customer at the center of everything um, or the employee, depending on, on you know, what you're working on. For example, internal enterprise services functions, it will be the employee that you'd put at the center of everything. But with the customer, um, at, let's say, at the, at the being, being the primary objective at the end of the day um, and then data, use data, try to base your decisions and your 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 prioritizations on on data rather than on opinion and our seniority just be open to always learning um don't assume you have the answer and i suppose that's about it if you could could get all those that's the magic so mary that brings our podcast episode to an end a big thank you for your time today i've thoroughly enjoyed our discussion i think there's so much in there that people can benefit from and like we say start using from uh, from now onwards so thank you again for your time thank you siobhan i i really enjoyed it too love chatting with you So that's it for episode one. We hope that you enjoyed the conversation with Mary and found it rich and full of insight. Thank you for tuning in to Explio Explores. You'll find the Business Transformation Index report on our website, along with the other podcasts as they're released. And that's at explio.com forward slash podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Please do join in the conversation on social media. Just use the hashtag Explio Explores. Next up, we have Finn Goulding, who's a CXO advisor, and he's here to talk about success factor number two, which is all about garnering support at board level for your ambitious IT strategies. So that's going to be a really good conversation you don't want to miss. Thanks once again for tuning in and have a great day.